Hello, and welcome back to the Food for Thought podcast. I'm your host, Erin Hallstrom. Last year on this podcast, we talked with a cybersecurity expert about how hackers and other bad actors can infiltrate a company's controls, thereby bringing operations and business to a crashing halt. In the last few years, cybersecurity seems to have gone from a blurb in the technology report to one of the most disastrous ways to bring down a food and beverage business. Luckily, there are companies out there that can help processors monitor their equipment and controls and alert them before anything catastrophic can happen. Today, we're talking with one of those companies, Win911. Win911's Cody Ban talks with us about how companies can not only improve their cybersecurity, but also mitigate the risks for cyber attacks. We shift into a conversation about how tools like remote alarm notification software can help reduce cyber attacks in processing facilities. We're then joined by Ozarka's Trey Mixon, who explains how this Blue Triton brand out of Texas is using Win911's remote monitoring tool and why it's critical for them in keeping up with their real-time and long-term monitoring data. Trey then offers an example of an emergency that was averted because of the remote alarm software before explaining the advantages the software provides him and his team when they're not on site. Enjoy the episode! Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Food for Thought podcast. Cody, let's jump right in. I think a lot of people hear cybersecurity and think of computers being hacked. There are a lot more nuanced cybersecurity concerns processors should be worried about. What's a step a manufacturer could take to improve their cybersecurity? Sure. Well, recently, ransomware attacks have increased quite dramatically. A ransomware is a type of malware that locks down access to files or the computer OS itself until a monetary ransom is paid. And it can absolutely grind your operations to a halt. We saw this famously with Colonial Pipeline last year. Uh, a more recent survey by Sophos showed that two-thirds of organizations were hit by at least one ransomware attack, and nearly half of those paid the ransom. So if you haven't been hit yet, you're in the minority, and the financial incentives are only going to make this much more of a problem for everyone moving forward. So looking at your question from a current events perspective, I think the best remedy for ransomware is preparing continuity and disaster recovery plans, making the backup so that you can avoid the ransom and the downtime. And the good news is that there's a variety of reliable and expensive off-site backup solutions to consider, so this is easily actionable. Uh, if your organization doesn't have a solid disaster recovery plan in place, you should absolutely raise that concern. Uh, also, a lot of those attacks start from phishing or watering holes, and so educating and reminding employees to be vigilant is a good idea, and it's also easy to implement. Can cybersecurity training courses are readily available. A timeless recommendation would be to keep your software updated. Uh, those of us who build and maintain software for a living know how important that is, The more critical an application is to your process, the more important it is to make sure that it's running the latest stable version, operating systems and SCADA systems especially. 
Um, unfortunately, running antivirus software on a machine doesn't magically plug holes in vulnerable applications. So those need to be remedied with patches and with upgrades. And those require planning, and they consume IT and OT resources. But preparing an inventory of such systems and the applications in use, um, that's easily actionable, and it can help prioritize and optimally schedule such upgrades. Finally, I think uh, another step you could take is just to review your password policies. Uh, avoid sharing passwords between users and employ two-factor authentication wherever possible. And where not possible, use strong passwords and change them periodically. Uh, importantly, retire credentials when personnel exit the organization and avoid the laziness of granting users more permission than they need. It's great that manufacturing plants are adopting more smart technologies to increase production and efficiencies. But doesn't that escalate the risk for cyber attacks? Yes, fundamentally that's true. Um, that underscores the importance of including IT and OT considerations in the cost-benefit analysis. You want to consider total cost of ownership, including proper maintenance, those updates, those patches, and taking the time to integrate the technology properly as well. And those considerations sometimes get left out, and cutting corners increases risk. Uh, it's sometimes wise to expedite deployment to demonstrate efficacy, but once that's demonstrated, it should be pretty easy to justify reviewing the integration and the maintenance plans to ensure low risk. Uh, but the, the ITOT convergence is here. It's not going away. I'm sure that's something Trey is keenly aware of. Companies have seen gains from shifting IT resources to the cloud, and they're now wanting to realize the same gains with OT computing resources. It's that incentive that's driving OT software to the cloud and to connect with the cloud and to communicate over more open standards. Uh, but the air gaps are largely going away, and that creates the potential to process that previously siloed data for greater productivity, but it also increases risk to real physical assets. Uh, so management absolutely has to be mindful and to encourage mindfulness uh, regarding such risks to ensure their proper mitigation. I've heard that tools like remote alarm notification software can help reduce cyber attacks in food processing plants. Can you tell me more about that? Well, it goes back to the principle of least privilege. Uh, in an attempt to offer process and asset information to operators, especially remote operators with the pandemic, organizations have provided much more. Uh, ignoring the principle of least privilege and opening their entire control system, their host computing environment, to remote desktop access by frankly unnecessary parties. Um, there's nothing wrong with making a tool like TeamViewer Remote Desktop available to IT administrators, assuming it's properly secured and updated. But it's certainly much more than OT needs, much more than those remote operators need. Those are different roles. They have different privilege requirements. Uh, and the lazy approach really allows remote operators access to what they need, but it carries the additional risk of exposing a lot of access they don't need. Uh, so such broad access techniques really present an increased security risk for organizations. Uh, Oldsmar, Florida saw this last year with a malicious actor gaining access to SCADA at their water treatment plant via TeamViewer, and the actor raised sodium hydroxide levels to lethal levels. Uh, fortunately, a local operator noticed and acted quickly, but it raises the question why a remote operator should even be able to do such a thing. Uh, it was a classic case of making a good solution for local operators and IT just far too accessible, overexposing that. Um, even when remote desktop access is done right for IT, it's, it's not even a very good solution for remote operators. You're essentially asking them to 
keep a remote desktop window open and to sit there and watch it, to monitor it for events of interest to them. And instead of hoping that they remain vigilant and recognize the signal through all the noise, remote alarm notification software really proactively notifies the right people at the right time and provides them with the information from the SCADA that they need to do their job without exposing the entire SCADA system to them. Uh, it's much more efficient and much more secure. Um, Win911's remote alarm notification software can be deployed to your L2 control network for access to your SCADA, and it can still communicate securely with local communication channels without exposing your control network. Um, and if you don't want to use such channels, then Win91 can fit your existing network topology and be distributed across up to three network layers. And from an outermost layer, it can communicate securely to email, SMS, and VoIP servers, as well as the Win91 mobile cloud for smartphone and tablet notifications. So a multi-layered network with multiple firewalls between the cloud and the control network is always a good idea. And robust applications like Win911 are going to embrace that. They're not going to demand security compromises. So Trey, over to you. What did Ozarka do before remote alarm notification software was integrated with your SCADA system? Hi, good morning, Aaron, and thanks for the invitation to uh, participate. Uh, prior to that, the company has gone through uh, no network and local relay control uh, to local network and HMI control and local alarm annunciation all the way to uh, our present state with a remote access uh, VPN network and remote alarm notifications. What was the impetus for the company's decision to integrate these two systems? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, I'm accountable for the conservation stewardship and the sustainable operation of three spring sites that supply four factories here in Texas, spread across a vast geography, and manage over 12,000 acres with a team of two. So the remote access is absolutely critical so that we can direct our resources to the most appropriate place along with our preventive maintenance program and then as well as being able to react as absolutely quickly as possible to any change in our sustainable process conditions. Can you explain how remote monitoring is being used both in um, Ozarka's field operations and in the processing plant? Yeah, the remote, the remote access is absolutely critical for us to keep up with our real-time and our long-term monitoring data. Uh, we're enabled to visit remotely the sites multiple times a day through remote access combined with our video security monitoring to evaluate the data trends that are critical to our operation. We can then detect and adjust operations uh, for spring flows, aquifer conditions, meteorological or climate changes, uh, site security, and the operations data. All of this is critical as our remote sites uh, then have a logistics piece to be able to serve my customers, the factory. We're a 24-7, 365-day-a-year operation. Downtime is very important to us as time is money. And uh, the remote monitoring, and particularly the remote alarm notification, uh, makes sure that we're able to respond as rapidly as possible. Can you give an example of an emergency that was averted because of the remote alarm software? Absolutely. We run into uh, issues with monitored water level, flow, pressures, etc. cetera, uh, throughout the year. But oftentimes, it's uh, our, our precursor alerts that we're able to set based on key performance indicators for our sites. We can basically utilize the remote monitoring and remote notifications to identify when we have a sentinel event. 
something that we're looking for, whether that be drought or low pressure. And so, for example, we've had a number of instances where we've had a relief valve fail, and immediately we get a low pressure in a pipeline, and we get a, a remote notification almost instantly by text or within a couple minutes via email, and we're able to respond to the site, make the appropriate adjustments, or initiate field repairs as soon as possible. And last question for you, what advantages does remote alarm notification software provide you and your team when you're not on site? <laughs> well, we'd like to say it frees us up to do, to do other more important things or uh, spend time with our families on work-life balance. But again, there's, there's two of us, 24-7, uh, 365, and the remote notification is critical to help us manage our time. We're dedicated to our, our most important preventative programs first and foremost, and the, the remote notifications allow us to divert, change, and adjust as needed to keep our operations flowing. Well, Cody and Trey, thank you both so much for joining me on today's episode of the Food for the Podcast. everyone listening to the Food for Thought podcast today, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Be sure to tune in next time as we talk more about the stories behind the headlines of the food and beverage industry. Take care. Have a great day.